Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, always great to have you with us. Welcome to a, uh, another edition of Strong as Steel, the very best. I mean, the most inclusive and the top college football podcast all around the land. I'm Michael Regai, pleased to be joined by the preeminent college football analyst in the business, the author of The Best, The Bible, Phil Steele's College Football Preview for 2017. Of course, I speak of the one and only Phil Steele. Hey, Phil, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing great, Michael. How about you? Terrific. We're ready to roll. Yesterday, we got through the the national championship uh, defending uh, ACC Atlantic. Today, we're in the coastal division of the Atlantic Coast Conference. I want to remind you, as you're listening uh, to uh, any show we've done, we've already concluded the SEC. We've already concluded the Big Ten. And now, as I said, moving into the ACC, make sure you archive uh, all of the shows. You, you haven't missed anything. You can go get them uh, at iTunes. And when you are on iTunes and listen to the show, We've got a spot there for us, uh, for you to leave us a, a review. Uh, what you like about the show, how you like the way that it's uh, formatted, uh, what have you. Things that maybe you'd like to see us incorporate as well. So do that. Leave us a review on iTunes. Phil, let's get rolling. We start, as we said, the uh, National Championship banner hangs in the Atlantic Coast Conference, uh, courtesy of those Clemson Tigers. But let's focus on the Coastal today. And we start with uh, one of our favorite head coaches, David Cutcliffe and his Duke Blue Devils. Now, Phil, I think you and I agree. They always seem to overperform with his squad. 27 wins at three state bowl trips. Uh, that kind of dipped, though, to a 4 and 8 in 2016. The defense uh, for them, defensively, they were very sketchy. They did beat rival North Carolina uh, at home. Phil, do you think David Cutcliffe has a shot to be bowl eligible with his squad once again? Well, if David Cutcliffe's the head coach, then the answer is yes. And that goes back to his days at Ole Miss. I thought he did a tremendous job there taking the program to bowls almost every single year. And 
Uh, here at Duke, I mean, getting them into bowl games, 12, 13, 14, 15, uh, Duke's a team which uh, my computer doesn't like very much because every year my computer will forecast something, and usually Coach Cutcliffe will have more wins. Now, they look to be in pretty good shape. I mean, you look at them offensively. Daniel Jones is back this year. He's uh, was an under-the-radar recruit coming in, but he's 6'5", 210, had an outstanding year last year, uh, completing 63%, thrown for nearly 3,000 yards. He was also the team's number two rusher. They've got Sean Wilson, their top running back back, uh, and they also have their top receiver back in T.J. Roming. So they're pretty good shape with the seven starters on offense, three on the offensive line. You have to figure they're going to improve on uh, last year's 23.3 points per game. In fact, my computer's calling for them to jump up to 27.9 this year. Defensively, five starters are back. Uh, they've got some talented linebackers, Jills Harris and uh, Humphrey, two guys there, and then Fields at cornerback. One of the more underrated uh, cornerbacks out there. He's on the lot watch list coming into the year. Uh, I think the defense has a chance of being stronger than last year as well. Now, when you look at the schedule, four of my nine sets of power ratings are calling for six wins this year. They've got the NC Central at home. They get Baylor at home, which is a huge game. Uh, they're road, they've got some winnable road games like at Virginia this year, at Army. So if Coach Cutcliffe performs his usual magic, I think they have a chance of uh, getting back to a bowl. Yeah, as we said, uh, 27 wins and uh, three straight bowl trips uh, up until the 2016 season. He is uh, he's one of the best assessors of his personnel and talent at college football. So as Phil said, we'll look for uh, David Cutcliffe maybe to work some magic this year. Phil, you alluded to it, though, as we always uh, go to uh, the uh, the South Point uh, Sportsbook out in Vegas. Now, they have Duke's win total. At four and a half this year, you just went through the schedule. I think David Cutcliffe will uh, uh, supersede that and uh, get his squad to close to bowl eligibility, don't you? Yeah, I think four and a half is a legitimate number when you look at their schedule. They probably figure to be favored in uh, three games and three toss-up games on the schedule. So four and a half seems pretty legitimate. Uh, but I am going to go with the fact that Cutcliffe usually outperforms my computer's ratings and uh, go with the over on Duke. All right, so uh, Phil and I agree there, uh, and it all starts for the Blue Devils against a very, a very formidable FCS squad, uh, North Carolina Central. That's uh, at home on September the second. All right, as we go through the ACC Coastal, let's uh, swing down a little bit further south into the state of Georgia and uh, take a look at Paul Johnson's squad, the uh, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, and, and Phil, this is. Um, this is one of the uh, the, the squads that uh, seemingly, you know, each and every year they're going to go get somebody that you might not expect. Um, you know, they've uh, they've jumped the win total uh, improvement wise uh, from uh, a three win fifteen to a uh, a nine and four slate uh, with a tax layer bowl win over Kentucky last year. Um, we know about Paul Johnson offensively and what he's done throughout his career. Uh, is this a Georgia Tech squad that continue, can continue to make a lot of noise in the ACC Coastal? Yeah, and Paul Johnson's another guy who usually gets the most out of the talent on hand, usually does better than my computer's uh, forecast for the year. And the heck, he's got eight starters back on offense, eight on defense. They only lose 16 lettermen. They've got 43 lettermen returning, so they appear to be poised to be in pretty good shape, especially after winning nine wins last year. 
this is a stronger Georgia Tech team. So what's the next assessment? Ten wins? Eleven? Are they back to that uh, team in 2014, which arguably at the end of the year was playing among the best ball in the country? Remember at the end of 14, they knocked off Clemson. They knocked off yep. Georgia. Almost knocked off Florida State. And then uh, played extremely well in the bowl game against Mississippi State, beating them by uh, beating them handily by 15. So Paul Johnson's done it before. Now, uh, when I, I was break down the team, as mentioned, eight starters back on offense. I think Matthew Jordan will do a fine job at quarterback. Uh, they do lose their quarterback from last year in Justin Thomas. Thompson had an okay. Thomas had an okay year last year. Did protect the ball well, only two interceptions. But Matthew Jordan's got potential, and Tequan Marshall is a solid backup in the running back spot. They've got Derek Mills, Dedrick Mills. Their top guy back. The receiving core returns. The offensive line looks solid. And defensively, there's some players like Kashawn Freeman at defensive end, Lawrence Austin at the nickelback spot. So uh, overall, I do think this team is more talented. Now, when I look at teams, I look at a lot of factors. And last year's team, I felt, was a fortunate 9-4. and four. Let me give you an example. Over their final three regular season games last year, Michael, they were out first down 72 to 38. That's almost two to one. They were out first down, yet they won all three games. That's remarkable to come out on the plus side. And you look at their four and four ACC record. They were minus 85.5 yards per game last year. Now, typically, if you're minus 85 yards per game in conference play, you're two and six or one and seven. So as we see, they were very fortunate. Now, last year, I wrote in the magazine that all the factors, stock market indicator, net close losses, all were pointing up this year. Almost all those factors are pointing down. Uh, I have nine different sets of power ratings. The ones that are based more on the score have this team going as good as 10-2 and two this year. The ones that are more heavy based on yards have them going 4-8 and eight this year. And I think it's going to be tough for them to top last year's nine-win total. I'm interested to see what the South Point number is on this one. Yeah, Phil, the South Point number is uh, right there saying they project a 500 football season for Paul Johnson. Six. Six is the uh, the win total projected for Georgia Tech. Uh, now they got to go to they they go down to to Miami on a Thursday night, right? They do get Pitt in North Carolina at home. Uh, they got to go to Clemson, so uh, you know maybe we're thinking that number six that's being projected by South Point might be right in that ballpark. Yeah, I think it is right in the ballpark. And the one thing I have found is this. There are some coaches in the ACC that have become good in defensing the option. George is another team that's solid defensing the option. In fact, last year's game when they played uh, Georgia, they were rather fortunate to win that one. That was one of those where they all first down 22-15, to 15, scored a late score after converting on fourth and long on their final drive to somehow, some way pull that one out. Cutcliffe's done a great job defending the option. Uh, Wake Forest, Clawson's defense, does a great job defending the option. Miami of Florida does a great job defending the option. Virginia Tech, Bud Foster, great job defending the option. They face a lot of those teams this year. Tennessee, Central Florida, and the non-conference slate. Um, It's tough to say Paul Johnson's not going to make a bowl game because he does it almost every year. 15 was one of those rare exceptions where they weren't in a bowl game. So I think six is a very accurate number for Georgia Tech this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I, you know what? Just because of uh, my affinity for Paul Johnson, I, I, I'm going to say Phil, he finds a way to get to seven wins at least, which means more than likely, you know, probably coming up when they're uh, a dog 
in one of those games coming up with what might be considered an upset win. So we'll be interested to follow the fortunes of Paul Johnson and uh, Georgia Tech as we are each and every squad. And again, make sure you archive uh, all of the shows. We've gone through the SEC, the Big Ten, and we're finishing up the uh, Atlantic Coast Conference with the uh, Coastal Division today, uh, the Atlantic, uh, we uh, the show uh, aired yesterday. So make sure that uh, you're up to speed, and you can do all of that on iTunes. And, again, leave a review when you're there. Give us an idea of your thoughts about what you're uh, liking, hearing, and uh, maybe even like to see changed about uh, our podcast here on Strong as Steel. All right, we swing down to the state of Florida as we move on. And, oh, could this be a banner year, year two, with quarterback alumnus Mark Richt, Phil. Of course, he was part. How about the quarterback room Mark Richt was in when he was a young man uh, playing for Howard Schnellenberger at Miami? You ready for this, Phil? The quarterbacks there were, at the time, Jim Kelly, Vinny Testaverde, and Bernie Kosar. And Mark Richt was was number four at that time. And, of course, uh, he tells a lot of terrific stories about that. But it is year two with Rick. They were nine and four a year ago. Now, Brad Kaya is in the National Football League, Phil, and I know you and I have discussed this quite a bit. Oh, if Kaya might have stayed, passed for 3,500 yards, 27 TDs last year. Mark Walton, a quality running back, second team ACC. Does a lot of this, uh, Phil Steele, rest on whether uh, junior QB Malik Rozier can bring strong play for Mark Rick right from day one as kind of how to dictate the fortunes of the Canes this year? Well, you know, I think the good thing for Miami is they don't need their quarterback to be a star this year because the surrounding talent is huge. You look at a running back like Mark Walton, and granted, they're not that deep behind Walton. They need Walton to stay healthy, but Walton is one of those guys who's uh, underrated, not a lot of folks talking about him, average 5.3 yards per carry. You look at the receiving core, and when I talked to Coach Rick last year in the spring, and we went over the team, he was a little disappointed in the speed of receiver, which is something you're surprised, because it's Miami, it's mm-hmm. Florida, yeah. you're getting Florida recruits. But now he's had two recruiting classes to bring that speed up to par, and I think he has. And that's why I think you're going to see a lot of freshmen and sophomores worked into the lineup to go along with some quality veterans that they have there. So the receiving core has got an upgrade of speed. The offensive line looks solid. The big question is Rozier or the true freshman, Nikosi Perry. Perry's an exciting athlete. He's 6'4", 185. He can make a lot of plays if the play breaks down. He's got great touch on the ball and great arm strength. So Perry could end up uh, getting into that role as well. Now, I think when most folks look at a team, they look at the quarterback, running back, receivers. I'm a little different. I tend to focus on the defensive front seven. And if you look at Miami's defensive front seven, it's nasty. They did recently lose Gerald Willis, uh, who got into action last year. He's a Florida transfer at 19 tackles, 1.5 sacks. But the top four guys are back. In fact, the majority of that D-line is back. Chad Thomas, Kendrick Norton, R.J. McIntosh are all all-star caliber players. And then remember last year, the, the linebacking core is made up of all true freshmen, Michael Pinckney, Shaq Quarterman, Zach McLeod. And while they were all VHTs, once again, I'm not going to explain to you what a VHT is if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> no need. Y'all know by now. <laughs> yes, uh, right. Those three VHTs are all back. They're now experienced. That's one of the best linebacking cores in the country. I remember the number four defensive line, number seven linebackers, the secondary is solid, and it's a Mark Rick team, so you know the special teams will be good. I remember the number 15 special teams in the country. Now, an amazing stat, 
when it comes to Miami of Florida. When Miami originally joined the ACC, you would have thought they'd be playing in the conference championship game every year, every other year, worst-case scenario. They have never appeared in a conference championship game. I'm calling mm-hmm. – I think they have a great shot at doing it this year with that defensive front seven. And then you look at their schedule. Florida State's a game they're going to be an underdog in. Uh, but the rest of the games are probably going to be favored. I think the road trips against Arkansas State, Duke, North Carolina, Pitt – I'll fall into the winnable category this year. So I'm bullish on Miami of Florida. Yeah, well, it sounds like it, Phil, and uh, we both are. And uh, Phil and I started to build this momentum up during the uh, the winter, right after uh, the bowl game when they, uh, uh, most impressive, when they beat uh, West Virginia in that Russell Athletic Bowl by a couple of touchdowns plus. And, uh, you know, Phil, I do think, though, again, well, yeah, you and I have mentioned it a lot. Can you imagine if Brad Kaya would have – not foregone his final year of eligibility and stayed with Mark Rick. What this might have been, might we have been talking about legitimate national championship contender here with Miami? Uh, they probably would be a top five team coming into the season. And uh, I still think they have that shot. In fact, uh, if you go to my surprise teams page in the magazine, which are non top 10 teams that I think could be the surprise teams and actually contend for a national title. You'll find Miami. Your homework is find out where they rank. Are they one, two, three, four, all the way down to ten? Find out how high I like Miami on that surprise team list. Just open up your Phil Steele magazine. Yeah, get the Bible out. Uh, Phil likes to give you a homework assignment here and there here on uh, Strong as Steel. So don't be taken aback or alarmed by that, but be ready to respond the next time we get together. And uh, well, we're going to get together all throughout this 2017 college football season. Phil, last order of business with Miami. But they got to go to Florida State, right? They, they do have to go see in that, that huge in-state uh, get-together they see in week three, Florida State in Tallahassee. They also have to go to North Carolina, and they finish up at Pittsburgh on the, the day after Thanksgiving, which, of course, we know will not be easy against Pat Narduzzi's defense. But uh, the gang at South Point, Phil, sets Miami's win total at nine. At nine. Uh, I'm going over. Phil, I believe that Mark Rick gets them to double-digit wins uh, here in their 2017 regular season. And I, I don't think there's any doubt which way I'm going on that one. I'm definitely going with the over nine for Miami. I think it's a solid value on Miami to get over nine wins this year. Yep. So keep an eye on the Hurricanes. They are absolutely loaded. And Mark Rick now, again, year two, got a uh, a very strong handle on his personnel, what they're capable of. And uh, Miami, uh, a team all over the national landscape to be reckoned with in 2017. Now, you won't know who are the ones that uh, really have to be reckoned with week by week, but I've got a way for you to do that. Uh, a part of philsteel.com and everything that uh, Phil puts together throughout the course of a college football season is inside the press box. Now, we know the preview magazine that we discuss each and every time we get together on the show is the very best, can't be topped with an information that you're not going to get anywhere else. But, Phil, give, give all of our strongest steel listeners an idea how they could get a tremendous deal with you when they go inside the press box. Yeah, and Inside the Press Box comes to you weekly. It's a weekly newsletter, and uh, we forecast all the games on Inside the Press Box uh, for the week. And it not only gives you my computer's projection for the game, which I find invaluable. In fact, I won't forecast the game until I at least look what my computer's forecasting. 
But you get the computer forecast, you get my forecast, which doesn't always agree with the computer. It's interesting when we disagree. Uh, you get the uh, a complete stats update. It's strength of schedule. Uh, it gives you, for those of you that like to analyze the games yourself, you will love the magazine, or the uh, newsletter. It's like getting a, a fresh magazine each and every week during the course of the season. Now, uh, inside the press box, you can get college, you can get NFL, or you could get both college and NFL. And if you go to insidethepressbox.com, that's insidethepressbox.com, Right now, you can get sample issues of what it looks like, and you can also take $20 off any package if you mention the promo code FOOTBALL. So mention the promo code FOOTBALL, type it in there, take $20 off any package. That's at InsideThePressBox.com. Have to have it. Uh, trust me when I tell you that. Uh, you you aren't completely in the know as you get set for each and every week and uh, those games that uh, you really want to hone in on. On college football, Phil's got exclusive team ratings in there, uh, position by position breakdowns, who has the edge. I always mention I love that, uh, Phil, you take the level of competition into account when uh, that is all being put together. Inside the pressbox.com, make sure you get a hold of it. Great to have you along as we roll through the ACC Coastal here on Strong as Steel. We have uh, made uh, well, three stops. So we'll make it, uh, yeah, three stops already uh, with uh, looks and assessments of Duke, Georgia Tech, and the Miami Hurricanes. Let's head back up north a little bit uh, from Miami, Florida. Phil, North Carolina, the Tar Heels. Larry Fedora, it's time to move on from Mitchell Trubisky, that highly touted uh, quarterback who came on so strong last year, wound up uh, going uh, uh, number two after a trade by the Chicago Bears in the NFL draft. Eight and five last year. And now we have quarterback transfer Brandon Harris, Phil. I find this very, very intriguing, how this is going to play out with Harris coming in uh, from uh, LSU. Uh, this this football program under Trubisky, as we know, offensively they did some, uh, at times, spectacular things the last couple of years. Uh, but, you know, I look at uh, the schedule, Miami and Louisville uh, at, at home. They're at NC State. Is this, a tough, is this a tough call for you or a tough assessment on North Carolina this year under Larry Fedora? Yeah, I think if you just looked at uh, what they lost from last year, their schedule for this year, you're thinking it's a rebuilding year. But I like what Fedora is doing. He brings in some top-notch transfers, and he's got to love this graduate transfer rule that's out there right now. Now, oh, Fedora, yeah. Fedora offense works best with a mobile quarterback. And there's no doubt Brandon Harris is mobile. There's also no doubt he's got a cannon for an arm. I mean, he's, he was my PS number 7 quarterback coming out of high school and uh, so he, he was a guy that just didn't get that step at LSU. Maybe Larry Fedora will coax it out of him here. And the mobility of the quarterback position is always big. Uh, and yet Fedora showed his versatility by having more of a passing quarterback last year and still having an outstanding season. Now you look at the running back. They lose their top two guys, Elijah Hood. Actually, they lose their top four guys from last right. year. Elijah Hood, T.J. Logan. Uh, the top returnee, Jordan Brown. 
had a grand total of 45 yards rushing last year, but he is a PS number 25 running back, got his feet wet as a true frosh. They add in a PS number 38 running back and Michael Carter, who's a little guy, but he's got speed. He's very quick at 5'9", 185. They also add in an Auburn graduate transfer in Stanton Truitt, PS number 49. So there's talent there at running back. I think they'll get something out of that. And then you, you go to the uh, receiving position. Uh, they've got a, a PS 34 in Anthony Ratliff-Williams. Uh, they do lose their top two guys, including Switzer, who is dynamic, and Bug Howard. But Austin Prohl's back, Fritz is back. I think they'll be better than expected on offense, despite losing their top quarterback, their top four rushers, top two receivers. Pedoro put together a better-than-expected offense. Now, defensively, they didn't impress me that much last year, but uh, you know, allowing 408 yards per game, but they still only gave up 24.9. They lose their defensive coordinator this year who steps down, uh, but I think they're in, in decent shape there. They've got Jalen Dalton, the defensive tackle, Cole Holcomb, linebacker, and overall, uh, when you look at North Carolina, they have a defense that's got the potential to still rank in the top 35. So it's an intriguing team. Now we go to the schedule, and the schedule's tough. They draw Louisville and NC State out of the Atlantic, two of the top four teams there and two uh, big-time contenders. And then uh, they play five bowl teams on the road, and they host Notre Dame, Miami, and Louisville, three teams they could very well be an underdog against. So there's a potential this team could be an underdog in as many as eight games this year. But i got a feeling Fedora will get them back to a bowl game. Yeah, so projection for a bowl game from Phil. Now, the gang at South Point sets that win total at seven, which would get him back to a bowl game. This is you know, Larry Fedora now, sixth year, very, very entrenched, certainly armed with uh, a contract extension. And, uh, Phil, as we said, four bowls in a row. Um, seven, that number, I, you know, I, I think that might be spot on. I, I, I see them right at seven wins, to be very honest about it. Yeah, I see them at six or seven. Like I said, they could be an underdog in as many as eight games this year. I think the ceiling might just be seven for North Carolina with all that uh, the change on the offense. So it's one of those where you're torn, giving it one way or the other. And since you uh, went right on it, I'll, I'll make a decision here. I'm going to go with under seven as a small right. lean, uh, just for the fact I don't think they go over seven this year. All right. Phil's uh, under the seven. Uh, I'm on the seven, and uh, we'll – We'll certainly uh, be watching uh, the post-Mitchell Trubisky effect with uh, Larry Fedora and his offense. And again, the LSU transfer, Brandon Harris, as Phil mentioned, for whatever reason, the last couple of years, and boy, LSU fans would certainly talk volumes and for hours about the offensive inefficiencies, Phil, but uh, that was under Les Miles. So we'll see uh, how Brandon Harris fares with Larry Fedora. All right, that's the North Carolina story as we go through the ACC Coastal. Remember, you can archive all of the previews that we've done uh, on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and you can get them all. SEC, Big Ten, and now today here on uh, this Tuesday, July number 18, we're finishing up the Atlantic Coast Conference. Pat Narduzzi and his Pittsburgh Panthers. Phil, you know what? I was looking back at it uh, as we were doing the magazine. You called for 8-4 and in 2016. You're right on point, my man. That's exactly what the Panthers did in the 2016 season last year. But, boy, I tell you what, they're one of the most, uh, one of the least experienced in the FBS. Only 10 returning starters. 
Now, Phil, what's the if we set a caveat here though for Pat Narduzzi? How about this? He brought in that USC transfer quarterback Max Brown, of course, who uh, you know ultimately uh, lost out to Sam Darnold and has uh, made the move. Now they avoid all three, Phil, of the big boys from the Atlantic. They don't have to play clubs at Florida State or Louisville. Now that's fortuitous for Pat Narduzzi and his Pittsburgh Panthers. That in and of itself might uh, potentially add a win or two to where our thinking is for the Pitt Panthers this year? Yeah, and, you know, you touched on it with Pitt. They actually come in number 123 on my experience chart overall uh, with the fact they have just 10 returning starters back. They lose their top rusher, a 1,000-yard rusher, and James Conner. They lose Nathan Peterman, their quarterback. Uh, and defensively, they lose three of their top four tacklers. Uh, in fact, they lose. Uh, they only have three of their top 11 tacklers back on defense. Now, surprising to me with Pitt is that Pat Narduzzi, known as a defensive guru, has come in, and last year they allowed 453 yards per game, 35.2 points per game, yet only have four starters back. Now, going over the defense this spring with Coach Narduzzi, I think he's going to generate a better-than-expected defense, and it is year three for his schemes, so you got to think that'll be an improvement. They also get back Jordan Whitehead, who's uh, one of the top free safeties in the country. They've got Avante Maddox, a cornerback. Uh, and then you look at him up front, Dwayne Hendricks is a guy who was a PS number 28, originally signed at Tennessee. He's 6'4", 280, and he is going to battle for that starting spot. I think he takes one home. And then you got Rory Blair, uh, who I think could generate a pass rush this year. He gives big effort and plays much bigger than his 245 pounds that he comes in at. So I think the defense will be better than expected. Not great, but still better. You touched on Max Brown, and if you look at the USC last year, they opened up 1-3. and three. Brown started the first three games of the season and uh, didn't have great stats. Keep in mind, he played Alabama's defense, and he took on Stanford's defense. Well, not a lot right. of quarterbacks could have great numbers against those two. I think Max Brown comes in here and does a great job. He's got everything you want. He's 6'5", 230 pounds. He beat out Sam Darnold last year for that starting job. Talking to Coach Elton, he wasn't going to give it to anybody based on experience. He was going to give it to the best man, and Brown was the best man in August. So if you could beat out Sam Darnold, the guy who's pretty much anointed the number one quarterback or number one player for next year's draft, you're a pretty good player. They've got Quadri Henderson and Justin Weah back at the receiver spot. The offensive line looks solid. Brian O'Neill is a stud up front, as are Alex Bookser and Alex Officer at the guard places. So I think they've got potential there. And you touched on the schedule. You know, two years ago, North Carolina avoided the big three out mm -hmm. of the Atlantic Division. North Carolina was in the ACC title game. Last year, Virginia Tech avoided the big three out of the Atlantic Division, and they were in the ACC title game. This year, Pitt avoids the big three, as you touched on. So you got to love their schedule in that respect. They still have to travel to Virginia Tech. They host Miami at home. But I think at that point, when they get to those two games, November 18th and 24th, they're actually in the mix to potentially win the Coastal. And you never know what can happen. It's uh, Football's a funny game. Take one bounce, and uh, I think Pitt could be a surprise contender based on their schedule. Oh, absolutely. And with Pat Narduzzi at the helm, who you know is going to find a way to get the very best 
uh, out of his uh, defensive unit. And, and, and Phil, I, I'm going to really keep close tabs, and I think all of you should too, on Max Brown as well, because this, this could be a tremendous fit. There might not be any fall off from Nathan Peterman, who's had a couple of very, very tremendous seasons the last two years for Pat Narduzzi, Phil. Yeah, he's had good years. I mean, uh, you know, last year he threw for 2,800 yards, hit 60% of his passes. I expect Max Brown to top those numbers. Yep, we'll keep uh, very close tabs on that as we go through uh, here strong as steel throughout the uh, entire 2017 college football season. All right, as we roll through the ACC Coastal, oh, 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 let me not forget, though, that win total, Phil, from the gang at South Point. So Pat Narduzzi and his uh, Pitt Panthers come in uh, right at seven on the year. Now, just by the fact that they avoid those three, I'm going to say that 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 should get him to at least eight. Phil, I'm going over that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I've got him an underdog at Penn State, at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech, and then that home game against Miami. Got a couple toss-up games on the schedule. Oklahoma State, uh, one of the best teams in the Big 12, comes in. And then they also play Duke on the road, which is not going to be easy, and NC State at home, which is not going to be easy. So uh, this is one where I've got them at six and a half, seven. But uh, I think I'm going to give what your number is six and a half, right? Yeah, six and a half. I said seven. Let me correct that. Six and a half is the uh, correct over under. Okay, yeah. If it's six and a half, I'm going to lean with the over, and uh, based on that schedule and the fact that uh, Narduzzi's in his third year of the defense. All right. So that's uh, the story in the Steel City. With Pat Narduzzi and his Pittsburgh Panthers, a squad that I think everybody is going to uh, keep a very watchful eye on here in the ACC Coastal. Uh, we've got two more to go as uh, we go through the Coastal Division, winding up the ACC today. Of course, we still have, uh, and we've got to go through the Independents, uh, the Big 12, and uh, of course the Pac-12, the North and the South. Those are uh, coming up uh, in our next, uh, will be uh, one, two, three, four episodes here on uh, Strongest Steel as we get you right where you need to be to start this 2017 college football season. The Virginia Cavaliers, Phil Steele, well, they were a dog in 11 of their 12-game regular season schedule in 2016. As we know, it was Bronco Mendenhall's first year, and it somewhat reflected that at, uh, you know, as we said, they they gave up, uh, they only went 2-10, uh, only put 23 points per game on the board. And uh, their quarterback, uh, Kurt Benkert, he showed some flashes of special play early on, Phil, and, and then that really started to erode a little bit. So it started out okay for Mendenhall offensively, but, you know, Virginia is is a program that I think everybody expects to take a, a, a rather strong leap forward this year. Do you see them as capable of that? Yeah, I think the schedule gets easier. As you mentioned, they were uh, an underdog in 11 games last year. This year they could be favored in – as many as four or five games coming into the season, maybe you know potentially even there for for more than that. But you're thinking maybe uh, it's a Virginia team that could make steps. Generally, when a first year head coach comes in, uh, they have to learn new you know they have to learn the player strengths and weaknesses. Players have to learn new schemes, both sides of the ball. I thought Mike London did a good job recruiting. I thought Mike London did a good job with the team. You go back and you know look at five and seven in 2014. They were basically one play away from making a bowl. Uh, a couple plays away from making a bowl in 2012. Uh, so London did a good job building the team. The talent was not bereft when Mendenhall took over. 
but Cavalier fans were definitely disappointed at two and ten. Now you touched on Benkert. I love the way he opened up the season, and it was interesting talking to um, Ruffin McNeil when he was at East Carolina, where Kurt Benkert was originally. He was extremely high on him. Said he could be the best quarterback that even went through East Carolina, and they've had some pretty good ones coming through. Then Benkert got lost over the summer to injury, didn't play, opted to transfer to Virginia, which, by the way, is where Ruffin McNeil was last year. He's mm-hmm. now with Oklahoma, by the way. Uh, went to, to join Lincoln Riley, who was his offensive coordinator at East Carolina. But uh, Benkert started like that, started just uh, showing me the, the confidence that McNeil had in him, had a great start to the season, tallied off down the stretch. He needs to regain his confident level, especially with his backups, Marvin Zanders and Sonny Everson, both uh, leaving the team since the magazine came out. It's Devontae Cross as the backup QB. Now, at running back, they lose their top two running backs from last year. They do return Jordan Ellis uh, at the uh, offensive line. They have got uh, two starters back. Uh, defensively, up front, you got to like Andrew Brown at the defensive end spot. Uh, he had uh, five sacks last year after putting up four sacks the previous year. So he's got some chances up there. And then Micah Kaiser is a tackling machine at the linebacker spot. 134 tackles last year. And uh, in the secondary, Quinn Blanding is actually one of the top free safeties in the country. And he'll be drafted uh, by the NFL. So there's some players over there on the defense as well. Schedule gets easier. You look at William and Mary at home. Connecticut home, they could be favored. Duke's a winnable home game. Boston College is a winnable home game. Mendenhall, remember, he prepped for Air Force every year when he was at uh, BYU. So mm-hmm. he knows how to defend the option when they play Georgia Tech. And last year, they held Georgia Tech to eight first downs and 321 yards. So if I'm going to take a guy to defend the option, I'm going to take Bronco Mendenhall, and that's another winnable game for Virginia. So plenty of winnable games on the schedule this year. Uh, now, probably not enough winnable games, though, to make my most improved list, which should give you an idea of uh, which way I'm slanting when you throw the number out at me there, Michael. Yeah, and that number I'm going to throw at you, Phil, is five and a half for Bronco Bronco Mendenhall's uh, charges this year. And, uh, wow, I'm thinking that's a a little bit too steep a leap. You mentioned a couple of the guys I really like. uh, Two years ago, and Mike London's last year, I I called Virginia uh, twice in ACC play. And uh, you mentioned Micah Kaiser and – Quinn Blanding, two of their outstanding defensive players. I agree with that. Uh, they, they've got some powerful, powerful talent in certain spots on the football team. Phil, I just don't think enough overall. i I, I got to go under that five-and-a-half this year. I think that would be too big a leap. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to probably put the ceiling at uh, five for Virginia, which would be an incredible increase. It would be uh, two, uh, you know, more than doubling last year's win total. Uh, I think the potential is there for Virginia, but – they didn't make my most improved list. I didn't put them on the fact that they're getting to be bowl eligible. And frankly, I'm a little surprised. South Point number is five and a half. I think they could have gotten away. I mean, it's a team that has won four, two, five, four, and two games the last five years. So yeah. they haven't topped five and a half wins since 2011. I think that they uh, they they must have a lot of confidence in Virginia because you got to <laughs> think the majority of action will be on the under when you play the, uh, for the Cavaliers. Agreed. Yet, as we know, Bronco Mendenhall, very impressive. And, uh, you know, as, as you always point out, and uh, I, I agree totally, you know, year two, when a head coach uh, makes a transition from uh, his previous program to the new one, year two usually fares better. 
So um, we'll see if Bronco Mendenhall is able to follow suit, at least the gang at South Point feel that that might be the case. Now, for you, though, to make sure you've got Phil mentioned that uh, behind Kurt Benkert, uh, you know, this year you've had two quarterbacks that left the program at uh, at uh, the University of Virginia. So, Phil, for everybody to stay up to speed with that, you have uh, now become, uh, for the first time, you've always done a lot of work with ESPN, but now you are a 100% full-time employee of the uh, the four-letter network and everything that that entails. You've already started to uh, do your, your usual bang-up terrific job, but let everybody know exactly what you're going to be doing with ESPN throughout the course of the season. So in addition to inside the press box and everything else on philsteel.com and here on Strong as Steel, everybody can check you out, my man. Yeah, and uh, very grateful to, uh, to be working at ESPN. It's a great organization. And uh, this year on ESPN Insider, I'll be providing the college and NFL content for uh, uh, the ESPN Insider. And you, if you go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele right now, uh, you could actually sign up to ESPN Insider for the season at $3.33 a month. Now, that's if you go to a ball games. That's like half the price of a beer at a ball game, and you can actually get ESPN Insider. And this way, I can cover you for college football, and I can cover you for the NFL, but I have no clue about those other sports. ESPN Insider is an all-sports access pass for just $3.33 a month. So go to ESPN.com slash Phil Steele right now. Become an ESPN Insider, and don't miss out on a single article. Got some interesting ones coming up. I'm doing some work on uh, the quarterbacks, how they are first-year quarterbacks, second and third. Everybody downplays a team if they lose their starting quarterback. I'll have an article up there sometime in August on that and a lot of other stuff. So do become an ESPN Insider member today. Absolutely, and of course you can check uh, Phil out television side all over the family and networks on the various college football shows and sports center and on the radio side as well all right we're moving along here and our final stop uh, here in the uh, the acc coastal division is of course with a squad that nobody ever sleeps on they didn't for 30 years with frank beamer at the helm but what a terrific 2016 for young justin fuente hey you won the coastal phil he beat Arkansas in the Belk Bowl, won 10 football games while trying to replace the legendary Frank Beamer in uh, in Blacksburg, and that is not an easy task given what, as we know, one of the iconic head coaching names in college football. Now, they got to replace uh, his quarterback, uh, Gerard Evans, who had a brilliant year, putting up 35 points a game, close to 450 yards a game. I Phil, I don't know. Right off the top, I'm going to have you start right there. It's going, it's going to be difficult to replace that kind of Evans productivity at the trigger man spot at quarterback, isn't it? Yeah, well, because he was a Juco and uh, did well at the Juco, was a, a Fuente recruit coming in. And frankly, it was a little surprising that he left early for the NFL. Naturally, he wasn't even drafted. Here he could have uh, fine-tuned his uh, skills. He's 6'4", 225, put together another Southern year, probably got drafted, probably be playing in the NFL, but one of those athletes that probably didn't listen to what everybody was saying, including his coaches, and they said, you need to stay another year. And he goes, nope, I'm ready, and doesn't even get drafted. And had he come back, I think Virginia Tech would be the slam 
dunk favorite to win the division. Now, we've talked many times whenever we talk about a new head coach about the learning curve that they go through. Well, Justin Fuente did exactly what he needed to do. He kept Bud Foster on board. Bud Foster's been at Virginia Tech 22 years. Bud Foster knows every offensive player inside and out, knows every defensive player inside and out. So he didn't have to learn the players' strengths and weaknesses. Players didn't have to learn new schemes. They kept the exact same confusing Bud Foster defense last year. And after a very disappointing season in 2015, which Virginia Tech gave up 370 yards per game, 26.3 points per game, not bad numbers, but for Bud Foster, those are not good numbers. They only had 26 sacks that year. Well, last year the defense played much better better with seven returning starters. They, only, they chopped it to 22.8 points per game. This year they got seven starters back on defense. In fact, I rate them the number 26 D-line in the country, number nine linebackers, number three DBs. Bud Foster, one of the best defensive coordinators out there, and they're strong on special teams again at number 18. Now it's the year for Justin Fuente to work his magic because doesn't have the Juco coming in. He does have Joshua Jackson. He does bring in a Juco and A.J. Bush, who was originally at Nebraska, but he didn't have the Juco stats that Evans had coming into last year. He only threw for 800 yards last year. He also brings in Hendon Hooker, his own recruit, a uh, true freshman quarterback. I think Fuente, who's somewhat of a quarterback whisperer, uh, will do a good job at quarterback. They've got Trayvon McMillan back at running back. Uh, he was the top running back last year. They've got some decent talent at receiver, even though they lose three of the top four, and the offensive line looks good. Uh, despite the fact that last year they avoided the big three out of the other division, and now they have to yeah. play teams like Clemson, uh, they still could be favored in quite a few games this year. So I, I think uh, if you're looking for the true battle against Miami this year in the Coastal, Pitt's got the schedule. I think Virginia Tech has the schedule as well. I've got them an underdog at Miami and home to Clemson, uh, but they could very well be favored in as many as 10 games this year. Yeah, sure. So, you know, and, and now that you know, we, we raved about Justin Fuente and rightfully so. And then Phil points out most accurately about making sure that Bud Foster stayed uh, in the fold there. Uh, yet last year it was very fortuitous. Yeah, Phil, that they didn't have to play Florida State, Clemson or Louisville. They still don't have Florida State and Louisville this year. As you mentioned, they do have Clemson at home. And, uh, you know, it's one if they could put that one in the bag and somehow get that win in Blacksburg, they may be rolling toward another double-digit win season. Phil, the guys at uh, at South Point uh, have them at, uh, at this year at eight and a half. So there's the area that we're, that we're speaking of with regard to the win total for Virginia Tech. I, I, I could see them getting a nine. I really can. And, you know, if they, be, if they do beat Clemson, they're going to get there, I, I would think, uh, most assuredly. So I'm going to go over with Virginia Tech this year. Yeah, and I'm leaning towards the over as well. I think a very uh, the important games, if you do go over 8.5 for Virginia Tech, West Virginia in the opener. West Virginia is a team that won 10 games also last year. Uh, they've got a transfer quarterback in Greer from Florida. Um, West Virginia fans are thinking top 10 this year. So it's a, that's a big game for Virginia Tech against West Virginia in the box. Uh, they play Boston College on the road, which is never an easy venue to play in. And if Steve Adazio can keep the game close, he's got a shot at winning because he does it with you know, a slowdown offense, defense, and special teams. Later in the year, they have to play Georgia Tech on the road, but I always like Bud Foster's defense against the Georgia Tech option. And, uh, you know, you look at that pit game could be big as well. But uh, I, I like the over on 8.5 for them. 
All right, uh, then Phil and I are in concert there with Virginia Tech. And, Phil, that, uh, that gets us through the, uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference in both divisions. So let, let's review that here now. We, uh, Florida State, most assuredly a national championship contender. Uh, we still believe that you shouldn't be surprised if Clemson finds himself at the end of the year uh, in the, that kind of uh, you know, high-profile area as well. Phil, I mean, is that that's pretty much the where it where where it sits with the ACC? You wouldn't expect. Could there be a third team, uh, maybe a Miami that uh, late November has everybody talking about um, uh, the college football playoff with them included? Yeah, I think Miami's got to be listed in there. Uh, even Louisville. Remember how they played against Florida State last year, and they do have a high yeah. trophy guy back. NC State could be a surprise team this year. I think Dave Doran's got an under-the-radar team. Virginia Tech, as we just talked about, if they all of a sudden get good quarterback play, it's turned around. So I think there's a lot of contenders. You know, I wrote an article for ESPN, which was which one was the toughest conference last year. That's up on ESPN.com right now. And the ACC got the toughest conference. Uh, it was the first time in 10 years that mm. some conference other than the SEC got that award. So uh, I think the ACC is loaded top to bottom. Yep, it is, and it's going to be a conference that, uh, again, they've they've got that defending national championship banner hanging right now, and something tells us that they probably don't want to uh, give that up very easily. So we'll see how that unfolds. Phil, great stuff, and as we said, we'll be looking to uh, check you out uh, uh, on ESPN.com and all over ESPN. Coming up here now uh, uh, on Strong as Steel, uh, the next couple – of a podcast we have for you. We'll be taking a look. We're going to take a look at the independents uh, around uh, the FBS. And also then we'll take a look at the Big 12. And then we'll get uh, into our our final uh, Power 5 conference, uh, the Pac-12, when we do the Pac-12 North and South. So, Phil, uh, a lot still to come. That's why all of our listeners have to uh, hang out with us here on Strong as Steel. And uh, don't forget inside the press box, too, you can get that with Phil, and you're going to be right up to speed and ready to go for this edition of the uh, 2017 college football season, which should be absolutely phenomenal. Phil, good stuff. We'll uh, look to see you once again tomorrow, my friend, uh, right here on Strong as Steel. Way to rock. Sounds great, Michael. All right, for Phil Steele and our producer, Jim Nabazda, I'm Michael Regai. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. And, and again, you remember, you can archive, archive uh, via iTunes. Every conference that we go through, divisions of conferences, uh, you can get every show that we, um, we have, uh, have produced uh, right here on Strong as Steel, and you can do that via iTunes and make sure when you get there, uh, leave us a review. There's a place for you to leave a review. We're most appreciative of that. Want to have you with us and make sure you spread the word too to all of uh, your big time college football uh, friends and uh, fans alike uh, with regard to Strong as Steel. Hope to see you uh, again real soon as in tomorrow when we roll on here. We've gone through the SEC, we've gone through the Big Ten and the ACC. Still a lot more coming up here on Strong as Steel. For Phil Steele and Jim DeBosna, I'm Michael Regai. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Till then. Have a terrific college football day. So long.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.